Hey, what's up everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. And we're going to be talking some salmon tonight. We've got some special guests in the studio. Who you got, Cam? I, I think this guy here is... Is he special? Right? Yeah. Special. yeah. He's he's definitely. Definitely. He doesn't, he doesn't appear very he's much. He's a right. different kind I've of never, special. I never rode the big bus, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. bus at all. We got Charles Stolly, <laughs> who's hanging out with us. And yeah. Jordan's back from Alaska. Didn't turn into a grizzly bear. Didn't turn into Not yet, at least. Kind of looked like one with that hair going. Right. Dude, you keep growing yeah. that out. Brad Melville said the other day, he's like, dude, you got that Almond Brothers look going. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, I even wanted to kiss you. All you people tuning in on YouTube, please do me yeah. a favor. Drop a comment and let me know if you guys want us to keep uploading these to YouTube. Because honestly, I'm this close from not uploading them to YouTube anymore because I think it's probably the worst performing content that we put on YouTube. So if you want to see us on YouTube... Including these podcasts, <laughs> drop a comment below and let us know. If you are like, eh, we don't really need them on YouTube, we'll just listen to them on iTunes, then say that below as well. We want to know what you guys yeah. want, and if you guys are saying predominantly not put them on YouTube anymore, I think that's what I'm going to do is just upload them to the podcast. Well, things, wait a but second. Let me know. Can people like, so because I don't listen to podcasts because I'm a total old bogey, <laughs> can people comment like, like they can on YouTube is like when they do on the podcast stuff. They so you can, can read but the comments. Yeah, you but can. But you don't do. do you you can, on? but I don't follow any of them. Gotcha. So I'm YouTube's horrible. still a good venue for that. Yeah. So all you guys on YouTube, if you want to say that, you better comment a lot. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Well, the part, the, the thing is, is you can just see. So basically, guys, if you're listening, you guys, what basically happens with YouTube is YouTube prioritizes videos based off what you guys want to see. It literally is 100% prioritized off what you want to see. And they judge that off two factors you clicking on the video. And then how long you watch the video for. So I think what happens a lot of times on the podcast is it's a 48-minute video or whatever right. it is. Sometimes it's 45 minutes. And so you guys just aren't watching very much of the video. I don't know exactly what happens, but they just don't get the play that it, all the other videos get. YouTube really doesn't show them to even the people that are watching. So I just want to know from you guys out there if you guys want to see them on YouTube. If we get a predominantly answer of yes... We'll keep uploading them because we're just doing this for you guys and we don't care about YouTube and what they think. So That's yeah. right, YouTube. You hear that? Whoa, well, wait, wait, wait. YouTube. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We still need you to be able to let us upload yeah. our content to your channel. We yeah, appreciate we it. Love Thanks it. so much, YouTube. Yeah, we love YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, enough with that freaking babble. All these people listening Dude. are probably like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Yeah, I think we need to it's just... not fish. I, so what we are talking about is tributary coho. Mm. And coho, not just coho. Today There's I caught my first tributary coho of the season. Wait, Cam, back it up. You said what? You think we need to... I think we need to talk some salmon because oh. it was raining. Yeah. There's yes, been some yes, rain. Yes, this yes. is the earliest folly weather, what, six, seven years? Yeah, it's September 11th. That's the first yeah. Rest time. In peace. Normally it's people. like you hear some guy catching a coho and you're like, nah, I don't care. It's yeah, still too dry. It's still too hot. Blah, no, blah, blah. the leaves are turning already. Oh, it's, oh, it's my, crazy. Two of my trees in my front yard already have no leaves. It's I was nuts. getting all cozy today watching those leaves fall. I was like, ooh. Do you need a pumpkin spice colored pushing I need, chair? I need a nice, Ooh, a nice book and a warm work. fire you know, and, a, and a nice lap blanket. No, I need a raincoat and a twitching jig. That's but you I caught need. a couple coho. Right? I caught some coho in the tributaries. What river? Oh, that's funny. The wet one. It was very <laughs> wet, wet out there. <laughs> it was filled with water. Yeah. Did it have a rock in it? Yeah. Uh, there were smaller tree. rocks, though, that I'm used to. So, um, It felt good. 
felt good. good. I'm going with you in the morning. <laughs> I'm going with you in the morning, dude, and I hope we just freaking whack them. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if we didn't get some. The cool part is, you know, early season like this, it, um, uh, I feel like it helps you perfect a little bit of your techniques too. When you're fishing clear water, you're fishing the low water, depending on where you're fishing. I mean, some places, a lot of the places that I fish are super, I mean, you, there's probably not eight, 10 inches of visibility right now, but they'll still fish well. But when you're fishing some of these clear rivers, especially some with, some with dams, um, you get a really good feel for your technique. And you can see the fish, so you see how they react to different techniques. I and do especially agree, with yeah. what we're talking about right now, the twitching. You can see a lot more in this kind of water condition how your rod tip motion, how your line diameter, how everything affects the way that your twitching motion works and and how your basically your calisthenics of fishing need to be. Um, and it's a I think it's a big kind of plus to have these kind of conditions with some fish in here and some new jigs like we had just come out with and you know, it teaches guys a lot to get out there early like this and get fish. So I think we're lucky this year. I've had some of my like best co-twitching days in low clear water. Yeah. Some of my best. I mean, if you think about it, low clear water, it's kind of like the high water situation. You know, it eliminates 90% of the river. Yes. Right. You know, where you're going to find fish. You know, unless yep. you've got movers, which, you know, if you have a cloudy day, early morning, whatever, you might have movers moving through riffles and or hanging, just hanging and holding in riffles. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you could probably eliminate a lot of water just from being low and clear where you want to target your efforts. Yeah. And that's how it felt today. You know, I got to literally lay eyes on almost all the fish. And the ones I caught, I saw before I caught them. I turned around and fished at them. Mm -hmm. There's quite a bit of feed. A lot of fish out there, actually. Like, I'm really surprised at what I'm seeing. So down at the coast. That's a good sign, right? Yeah. Getting I mean, them early this, like that, right, Cam? Yeah, I know. I've. I definitely agree, and I think it's been kind of a weird thing because I've been—I mean, I haven't had a, too much opportunity to go up to the little rivers and twitch. We've been down at Astoria doing the Coho Rodeo gig, but you know, when we had those storms coming through, dude, it turned into a desert. It turned tough down there. Today, you know, we've had a couple sunny days. No, today was really good. I tomorrow we're gonna whale on them again. Well, tomorrow it's gonna be eighty degrees. Low, 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 low pressure blows those fish out of the estuary, and guess where they're going? <laughs> right to the tributaries. They're they're. Yeah. They're running the spawn, so they're around. Yeah, so I I've think that few. this year for how early it is, I think there's probably, you know, there's probably a few more fish than we're used to being around, and a few more receptive fish, fish that moved through the estuary, moved through the river quicker, so probably a little more aggressive too. Because honestly, like there's not, there's not a more difficult fish to catch than an a run coho that's been in right. for a while, right? Like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, you get the fresh biters, they're fresh biters, but Aaron Coho that's been sitting, chilling, seeing everything, been everywhere. Like, yeah. that's, out of, out of all the salmon, those are the toughest. Yeah. Like, by far. So, no, I think there's some good opportunity out there. Obviously, you jumped on them today, Jordan, and we've been seeing pictures. And It was fun to see a, a fish chase up all the way to the boat, <laughs> and then turn around, and then cast in front of him and catch him. <laughs> Give a second shot. That's some Alaska yeah, stuff. Yeah, see, right? when yeah, Coho exactly. are giving you two chances like that, you know that. Oh, it was instant, too. You well, know, you like, said you had one this year out in the Columbia, freaking like come up and crush oh, your. Yeah, dude. that happens a lot. So, 360 fishing, I had two rods get together. Like, clients didn't stay in their lane. They dropped and they tangled them. And I'm like, oh crap, those two rods are acting funny. Bring them both up. They brought them both to the surface, and I looked down. The two weights were together, the two flashes were together, and there was two spinners, and one was hanging a little further back. And I was literally, like, trying to figure out, looking at the mess, trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to, like, you know, unscrew this mess? And I watched the coho just come up and explode the back spinner, like, in an inch of water, 
a foot off the corner of my boat, three feet from my kicker boat. That's why like, I love Coco. No, no, no care yeah. in the world. Fish just wanted to kill it. And it was, and it, dude, and needless to say, we hooked the fish and it jumped and it ran and the guy couldn't reel and the fish couldn't run. <laughs> we ended up losing the damn thing after about a minute, but it was a disaster. <laughs> but they're that aggressive. It is cool. And it was a cloudy day. Fish, I, you know, I'm sure that fish was super hot coming in. Yeah. yeah. He wanted it. So we got some new jigs. Finally, they're finally showing up in stores, mm-hmm. and it's very exciting. Uh, it's, you don't sound that excited. Yeah, so no, wow, it's big time. It's very well. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so giddy right I now. I still don't have any. That's why I'm not that excited. Because oh my god, Mustad! Oh. I'm about to fail. If any of the Mustad employees are listening to this right. podcast, which I hope you guys are, don't say sh- it. Just say we love you, we and do. that's that. We do. <laughs> I've got some. It was a hurricane. Okay. I've been twitching yeah, away, true. but I don't know. Just the spots that I'm fishing right now, just it, that's they're just not going on it. Like so, I think I need to recalibrate and change direction, and maybe move away from so many people and drag in because you're getting them. Marlin's been getting them. Yeah, pressure pressure can mean a lot in low water early season situations. Yeah, you got to get away yeah. from that. I think right. you got to get, get away from, away from that. From Find people. fresh fish. I know there's a lot of fish you there, and you right. think that they're they, but dude, they just don't. I just notice when they get into that little zone, they just are not. They're harder to catch, way, way harder to well, catch. And I gotta say, goes you know it's irrelevant for the the podcast, but where you're fishing, <laughs> Charles, is like one of the least bitey coho spots I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, forty foot deep hole with a riffle and nine hundred people, and and then another riffle. Th- I mean, the, yeah. it's there's just nothing about though. that spot that may you know there might be two hundred fish there, and I've seen. It, when it's the tyrants show up, dudes will destroy it. It's timing, though. Like you, you know what it's like now. Window, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, timing. You have the small window confined. in the morning. They just swim in circles. They yeah. like and you scare them from one spot to go to the other. They yeah. go. They go over here. They come back here. Like if you don't have, you know, like they predict for some of these rivers, like forty thousand fish sitting there. If there's two hundred fish in that one mile section of river, that's like there might as well be two. In front of you, you know, there, you don't and have a lot of opportunity. It's definitely timing. Right no, now. you get if them. You Charles, can get them in the morning. You. you can just wipe them out. No, fourteen and a half that. foot leader. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It no, is no. definitely a morning thing there. Like if you well, get there in the morning, you'll mop them. Think up. about it. you got you got a low window that the fish can see because I think that's the biggest thing that hurts twitching jigs in low water is the fish. You know, if the visibility is twelve feet, the fish sees in a twenty-four foot radius around him. And those jigs don't just like fly into their view. Like if you think about it, when the fish is in a two-foot box and he's sitting there and he's he's got his cover spot or he's holding, and all of a sudden that jig just drops into view, he just reacts right. to it and hits it. When they see them coming, I don't think they're as as receptive to it as they are when you have you know two to three foot of visibility. So then you have see, and I, I personally think you just have to change your approach on them. Change the approach because just like he said, you know, like he was saying. Oh yeah, he so was twitching it sideways now, and he's like up. ripping it by him, right? Yeah. Or he, he was using his talking about where with a wiggler, if you reel it really, really fast, and you reel, you can do the same thing with a twitching jig, and that's why I love these one ounce jigs that we just launched because stay down. you can get them right down into where those fish are, and you could still twitch them really, really fast where those fish have to react. How See, that? that's what right. I love about it's, fishing, though, is that I don't think at any time there's a fish that won't bite. It's a matter of you 
managing that a Rubik's cube and matching exactly every fish will bite. I think every fish will bite. Yeah, I don't and know. That's that. the that's I think they all bite. If every fish would bite, I don't know how would get in that. I just think that's, you just have to figure out what will trigger that fish. I, under, I understand I understand what you're They're saying. They're opportunists. Every fish You need to every go to animal. Alaska, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll bite. You just got to figure it out. But with but within that, thinking they'll bite, no, you're right. You need to get every, op, you know, whatever, if you can get every advantage going in your favor, like you're getting there early in the morning right so that visibility might not be as big as it normally mm -hmm. is and they don't see the twitching you're getting the fresh fish that moved in the night before they haven't right. seen crap they're milling around all of a sudden so you know you, you do the right things and you give yourself the right you know you give the, yourself the right advantages you'll you'll be more successful especially in these probably more trying times of twitch co and especially in like more populated areas where like Pressure a lot too, of other yeah. people are going to be trying right? to go fish too yep. like these are tips that will really help you like if you can be there in the morning and be on them, like that's when I see it. And as the afternoon, like it's time to. And your really morning, change. your morning is probably like so. If it's like fishable light at six, it's probably like what six to six thirty. Yeah, you're looking and at maybe yeah six to eight o'clock. If, oh, you, you, if you haven't got nothing at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, like it ain't happening. Yeah, it ain't happening. Right. Like you will get. I will see. Like I've lasted out. You will see one or two here or there, but definitely, I think I need to start moving away and start venturing off and. It's early. There's a bunch of fish jumping around. I'm like, oh yeah, catching so them. I disagree so. because if all I got to do is just go to my buddy's place and just go on those rocks, right? Yeah, you gotta kick rocks. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, you're right though. You got to give yourself every advantage. A run coho can be a little bit of a bear, and you know, don't get you know if you're trying out our new jigs and you're getting out there and getting excited, don't get discouraged. Right. I mean, but definitely, you're right. You know, fish just a good try spot not in the to morning, lose and them then. All. And wait a week yeah. or two. <laughs> wait a week or two. All it, dude, Coho's crazy. You're going to know. When they show up, it's going to be all yes. Yeah. And Coho's kind of crazy because, like, it literally takes, like, one good. Like, we've had rain. We haven't had a good, like, region-wide. We've had these big showers. That well, i got to say, too, one, one of the things, it was a good rain. It brought water levels up, but the temperature didn't drop. Right. It didn't cool down the rivers, a lot of the rivers that these Coho yeah. are headed for, especially, like, yeah. Well, some of the mm -hmm. dam controlled rivers didn't even move. Yeah. So, yeah, they had that surge, and I was just looking at, so I was looking at my phone as the dam counts. Through that little bit of low pressure, like over Bonneville, it went 1,200, 2,300, 1,900, 1,200, 1,700, 300. Just now that that yeah. weather storm passed. Like, yeah, that, and, and that's that 700, how hard that's been. And that 700, 300 at the end was high pressure. Yeah, and you guys are nailing them again, so I'm sure yep. we'll see and those numbers shoot right back up. We get a lot of fish over Bonneville all the way through November, so yeah. you know, I think we'll see those influxes like that, which is really cool to see that A run, um, which is probably this is just the first part, the, like the first third or fourth of the A run, hopefully. So we kind of seen that down at the coast, though, too, where guys were just rallying on the coho, and then it just came a little bit spotty where they're out and try to find them oh, yeah. a little difficult. more. Then you started seeing some bigger fish I mean, show up. I mean, Blind Channel, the Washington Sun, I'll just say it now because by the time you guys listen to it, it's pretty much over, but watch, Blind Channel, like last Friday before we got this rain, the finder was so lit, I bet we landed 30 fish in three hours. It was, it was as good as it ever gets. We were thinking about filming. Fishing isn't peaceful, too. It was that good. I mean, it was double, double, triple, double, run back up, double, single, double, triple, double. I mean, it was dumb. Saturday, it started to rain. I didn't fish it Saturday or Sunday because I was up here doing veterans events. Went back down yesterday and, and went up to the top of Blind Channel. It was freaking ghost town. Like, those fish, just they just blow by. 
which is what I'd say that's more atypical for Coho in general. Uh, my home river, the good years and the bad years are deciphered on how much it rains because sometimes the hatchery yeah. get ten thousand fish back in six days and nobody catches a single damn one right. of them. You know what I mean? And you know, during the life we were talking about, like how late do you fish? You know, in the you know fish in November, like so the couple of the rivers I particularly fish, damn controlled, like. If we get low water situations kind of all the way through October, or just kind of maybe up and down, but not just full winter flow, you know, like we do get some years, shoot, by September it'll be flowing max, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to get any numbers away, but, you know, just max max flow, like, all the way through. And those are the years that the coho just come in, they go by, and they're gone, and it's done by first week in November. Yeah. And then you can have last year where the water was low, where they had the the it was the latest peak arrival they've ever had on my particular river ever was last year. And it was the first week of December. Like, and that was like three, four weeks later. That was was into the hatchery. Like they got like 2,600 fish that week into the hatchery. First week of December. And usually those are the kind of numbers we're seeing like the second week of October, third week of October. And last year was a down year. The benefit of Oregon is we don't suffer the closures that Washington does. They don't, they, they, don't, close. they don't cut off half of our rivers. They don't, you know, it's just it's different management style. It's the same reason that license fees are different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny how you cross one big river and it changes, but that's, you know, a lot of times why my season lasts a little bit longer because I don't get pinched out of the places yeah. in the rivers that I want to be in. So, but yeah, but I'm just talking even, even arrival. Right. Like, you know, and then on big coho years, you're catching sea lice coho well past Thanksgiving. Right. Totally. Just kind of. Yeah. I you know, so we want rain, but I, I can't have any rain until after September 25th. No rain until September 25th. That's when I get the jet put on the boat. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Starve. Cool. I, I just hope it rains in Alaska really hard. I'll be <laughs> all the go north, blow north. There you Please. go. Please go to Winko and steal a bunch Has of shots. Has it rained there at all? 35 CFS. Ouch. 35. So basically, you can take you a leak perfect. in the top of the river. For filming. Perfect. You take a, <laughs> yeah. take a leak. Low, clear water, dude. <laughs> take a leak in the river up and make it go to 40 CFS. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Not a ton girl soak it up. <laughs> I'll pull it right out of the river. <laughs> oh. oh man! But you know, that's pretty much you know that's what we've seen so far. Um, t- side note: we got a bash tomorrow. Hopefully, we see so some we, of you there. Yeah. By the time you guys listen to it, you yeah. will not be going. You'll to that be bash, right about, but there will be, be ready other, to go to the next bash. There will be so. other bashes. So yeah, we're running some bashes right now in the region. We're doing a fall bash, little um, string where we're going. I think, what, four locations? Five locations, and we'll probably add some more in November. Right. So we're going to be up north, you guys, up in the Puyallup area, in the Olympia area. Um, excited to see all of you up there. We'll have some special guests up there outside of the Addicted Crew. Um, but I'm sure all of us will try to be there. Yeah, um, we'll be there. It's, oct- oh. I think, October 3rd at Sportco and October 17th at Puyallup Sportsman's Warehouse. Yep. And also, I'm sure we'll get this out before the Fisherman's Marine one in Delta Park. So if you have the opportunity to come to that, Kevin On Gray September and Cameron. September 19th. Yep. Kevin Gray, Cameron, myself, Marlon will all be there uh, answering all your questions and, and talking about how. And by then, obviously, there'll probably be quite a few more coho in here. So there'll be much oh, more yeah. questions. To I like I said, so. we, get, we get a couple of rains. You know, that whole conversation could change from what we're having right now. You know what I mean? Like, you never, you never really know. No, all weather. All weather. So what else are we going to have at Fisherman's? What else is going to be there? What else? 
what else? I mean, within twitching and this whole like nine yards, you know, like we're talking about, like what the hell are we using? Spinners. Spinners. Oh, ooh, are you using uh, eggs? No, we're not gonna talk about eggs because nobody likes that. Whoa. I'm just <laughs> uh, no, but we'll, I'll be going over, especially on these next couple. We'll be talking spinner fishing um, for these coho. Kevin Gray is talking bait. Yeah, at fishermen's. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't miss the smell of my truck of waders, boots. Soaked in egg juice. What about it's soaked terrible. in fish, though? Well, the fish is okay. Like, oh, like, I don't even smell that, that no more. <laughs> I just smell the eggs. I hardly ever use eggs. Like the fish, I don't care about. But yeah. I don't really use eggs. I've been using eggs lately, and it's terrible. Well, our new Mustad tailout twitchers will be for sale there. They'll be everywhere in a variety of very sexy colors. Yeah, guys, we're excited. All you people out there listening, we finally are launching some of our first Mustad addicted fishing products and the tail out twitchers, the first of many to come. So we're super stoked on that. They are available already right now in Bob's. You can buy them in Bob's. I hope. But they're going to be in Sportsman's, Fisherman's, pretty much all down the West Coast. You should be able to find those jigs. And if your local stores do not have them, Tell them to call someone yeah. and get them in. Yeah, they're not they're not closed off. They're going to be at Cabela's, Sport Co, Sportsman's, Fisherman's, like you just said, all these different places. But yeah, some of the other retailers, they're more than welcome to order them, bring them in. But within, I think we've talked about them with the podcast before, like sizes and stuff. But we can reiterate again on like kind did of we what talk we did sizes there. in the last podcast? I think when we talked about iCast, we did a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, regardless, one you know one huge feature that we have coming out is the three different sizes: the half ounce, the three quarter, and the one ounce. The Big Daddy Mac. Um, twitching jigs and you know within you know, like a twitching you know it's a new, it's a new developing technique yeah there's some of the pioneers have been doing it for 25 years but we got our hands on it about six seven eight years ago and now we're trying it and adding a little to it and what we found with you know within our clientele and our guiding and new anglers trying to you know get into the technique you know you start with a three-eighths ounce because oh I don't want to snag the bottom with it I want a nice light jig easy to cast easy to twitch well then you realize oh the half ounce jig I can detect the bottom that much better, sinks that much faster, has a little bit more action. So we took it another step last year and we started testing some of the three quarter and the one ounces. The one ounces for Spring Chinook and the three quarters for Coho, even though you can use an ouncer easily, but we just didn't get a lot of that opportunity last year at the low water. Regardless, what we're finding is that if you really don't want to snag a jig, if you really don't want to break that jig off, you need to be able to feel what that jig is doing. You need to be able to feel if it's dragging along the bottom, if it's getting tossed over wood, it sticks and whatnot. And having the heavier weighted jigs to be able to figure out, you know, if you're looking, if you haven't fished that river before, that run before, is it two feet deep? Is it 12 feet deep? Is there a tree down the middle of it that the coho love to lay in so much? Having those heavier jigs and being able to detect the bottom, get a little faster drop, get a little less line droop in there because when you cast a long cast with a half ounce or three eighths, you get a lot of a lot of bend in your line. Yeah, a lot you know, of belly. A lot of belly, yeah. belly, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you tighten that up, you're a little more clean. Yeah, more I will crisp. say too, with the kind of material that these are made with, it definitely kind of emulates me, one of my favorite jigs that I've tied forever for guiding was Bucktail. I tied a half ounce head, maybe three eighths if it was super low water or shallow, mm -hmm. but half ounce head and a little bit of flashaboo body and a bucktail because it and this this stuff has that same kind of um, I want to say rigid almost you know like like um, abrasive body to it as far as how it goes through the water to where when I look at these jigs the half ounce basically is the three eighths 
as far as like the the amount of speed it falls and yeah. so on and so forth so we got that half that three quarters like fishing that half ounce with the kind of material that are on these so i feel like they fit i don't think a three eighths ounce jig head would even work for that style of jig well, that, i'm that learning this too like i'm not gonna lie when i went up to bob's i bought all half ounce jigs because that's all i knew that's what i used yeah so i bought all these jigs and now that i came down started using them like marlon was like you're dumb and i was like whatever Literally, <laughs> i was like whatever no, like, you're that's cool no, Charles you're really dumb. dumb yeah and then <laughs> and i now i'm fishing and, I, and i'm like man i need those heavier i even texted jordan i was like hey will you grab me some of those heavier jigs because now <laughs> i just want them. and once you start getting like good at twitching too and you start really understanding like what the bottom is and how to feel the bottom, you want a heavier jig because you can keep it in the strike zone easier. It's just, and it yeah. fishes better. Right, because I was having, a, I'm having yeah. a, in the hole that I was fishing, I was having a hard time feeling bottom at all. Like, and all of a sudden I'm like halfway through the, a drift, like if I was bobber fishing, I'm finally starting to feel bottom. And I'm like, okay. And I, the whole time, I'm like, I need to get a heavier jig. Like, this is not a hole for this jig. But like, you also, but within that. It depends that, on the hole you're fishing. It depends kids, on the yeah. hole. It depends where you're standing. Like, within yeah. where you're fishing, yeah. you know, if you move downstream and cast a little more upstream and Which actually quite contrary do. by popular belief, <laughs> you absolutely can cast upstream I to catch always trouble. cast And upstream. what's funny is I called that guy and I said, <laughs> I said, hey, I go, I called him about something completely different and I said, hey. I go, you know, you can cast up stream and catch plenty of fish twitchy jigs on uh, twitchy jigs, right? He goes, oh yeah, I know. And I go, <laughs> and I go, you realize that if I stopped casting half stream, I would literally catch half the fish that I catch. He goes, oh, I know. <laughs> and he, I think he knew it was coming. But regardless, <laughs> but readjusting your position within the run to where like a little more further upstream cast, get it down a little quicker, suck some of that lineup as oh, you're letting right. the jig free fall, like. When Dude, you, where I really learned yeah. that too was fishing with Jordan in Alaska. Like, the, just we would go up to a log jam and he'd position the the boat in the log jam. Oh, yeah. Then we'd reposition it in the log jam. Then we'd reposition it again. And sometimes we'd be in the exact same log jam in three different positions. And one is successful. Yeah, and you just yank fish. Well, sometimes we yank fish out of every different position, but usually they'd yeah, stop biting at one position. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. a lot exactly. of fish on twitching jigs, but I definitely have a lot. A room of improvement. Like, the, I've definitely been humbled. Where I'm like, it's harder to learn heck? the angle thing if you're fishing from the bank, though. Yeah. So, you, well, I, you first learn it by floating by the spot and casting at it. The first cast, yeah, you're casting moving, down it. Yeah. The next one, you're casting straight across. The next one, you're casting up and you hook one. You're like, I already cast her four times. Here, right? yeah. You know, and then you start to learn, you know, and you don't do it as fast. You don't do that, right. that movement through I don't think fast. a lot of people do. I think they walk up to the hole, they stand on their rock. They take their few casts. There's coho jumping everywhere. They don't find success, and they, they say, "Oh, these ones work. aren't going to bite," and they yeah. bail. I've had so many aha moments just by, like you said, moving the boat, moving down the bank, taking a different angle. Because it's all—I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a twitching jig's got to catch a fish if it's in front of a freaking fish, right? That's... And if it doesn't get in front of the fish, you ain't doing yourself any good. And so, like I said, adjusting where you stand. Being dynamic, not just walking to the hole, casting straight out, and then letting the current do whatever it's going to do for that cast, and then walking away from the hole is not how you See, get it done switching. I, I rotated around and tried it every... That's where I came to the conclusion that, that I just need to get a heavier jig. Like, that hole you're fishing is exceptionally deep, and it's exceptionally big, and it's exceptionally royally, too. Like There's a lot of upwelling within yeah. it. Like It's not... 
they, where you're fishing, and like I said, sorry yeah, for I you guys that hole with a four ounce jig. Yeah, we oh spring, spring chinook. We were raking Good. springers Dude. over the coal, and no, <laughs> we weren't snagging them for all those guys. And went four oh, ounce jig. Oh my! No, we were testing for some of the other stuff that we've got coming out. <laughs> and yeah, and we were raking them over the coals. And this was spring. There would be times I would walk into the hole, oh all the bait fishermen, and literally roll up with that thing, cast it out, and hit the water. <laughs> <laughs> and I get like two freaking jigs into fish. And you know what's funny? I remember some of those mornings you walked across to the other side, and I watched the ten bank anglers rip twenty springers out of that hole, and then not touch a thing for an hour until he'd show up, and then all of a sudden twitching jig, here it comes, and twitch, twitch. Oh, there it is! Oh, I mean, so just fun, stupid. <laughs> I mean, this is like after, like I said, all the fish that were going to bite any, no matter how good your damn eggs were in sand shrimp. Got raked out of the coals, like raked out of there, and then here comes a different presentation. And dude, he lined up like five of them in the first ten casts. It was, was crazy. So that was so fun. They crush them too. That's what I love about twitching when you're twitching them. Sometimes oh, yeah. they really just freaking smash them. It's kind of like the guys asking, like when we're three sixty fishing, what a bite's gonna look like. Yeah. It's like you're gonna freaking know, bud. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. see it, dude. The three sixty bite. They're, yeah. so awesome. They're just gonna. You're gonna. You're just gonna know. Yeah. No, I mean, so there's some applications for those heavier jigs. You know, we brought them out. We're proud. We're super proud of them. We tested them, like you said, like we do with all our stuff. We tested it for a whole season. You know, when we started this venture with Mustad, like, we signed on with them. Shoot, was it late? It was early fall last. It was probably a, what, probably a solid year ago. Yeah. And they yeah. were no, no, probably actually it was last summer. It was ICAST. I was going to say, you guys met him in It was August, June, July 2018. And they were in no hurry. They were like, nope, make it right. Like that was that was that's what we wanted to do too. So we're proud of them. Great material, good body, lots of flash, lots of movement, lots of material. They dry of, out insanely. They fast. do dry out quick. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I I took one out and I was retying, changing the colors, like trying to figure this whole process out. And I grabbed one. I almost thought that it was just a new jig. And I was like, looked at it and I was like, no, like I just used that thing and it was that dry. Like it was insane. yeah. The, the material dries out quick. No. That's what makes it hold no such more a good rusty body. Hooks. Right. That's what makes crazy. it hold such a good body is the way the just the way the water like absorbs into the material. It's it's pretty incredible. It's weird. And when you see it too, I want to have all you guys out there that get some of these twitching jigs. Just once you get a chance to like just kind of hold them underneath the sunlight and twitch them, just we look need at, to we need to bring a little fish tank tomorrow for, for the seminars. Oh, that's a good that's a good idea. Just a little goodwill one. Like somebody's going to Walmart and has probably yeah, a fifteen totally. dollar Tetra one. Uh -huh. Yeah, just to have up there in front of the white fishing rod. Yeah, that's a good idea. But, but anyway, these things are—they look incredible in the sunlight, and it's hard to—it's hard to even describe it until you look at them like twitching in the sunlight. Like it's today's it's the first day I fished in the sun. So it was like, ooh, man, that yeah. looks good. Dude, they look freaking sweet. Little shin, sparkle, sparkle. Show up. Ooh, I can't wait till there's lots of fish around. Back down to I'm going to try to kill as many of them before I have to twitch them up. Yeah, I'm try to get them before they get into the rivers. Today. That's right. I'm going to kill them all before you guys get them all. And if I do my job, you're not going to catch anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about trip? Jordan, are you going to be running any coho trips this I year? I have a few. I'm gonna, the schedule's almost full for October. I have four or five October trips open and definitely have, you know, a probably a good handful of trips open, especially some of the peak early season dates in November. I'm um, sure up until, you know, the 15th of November should be damn good fishing. And even past that. So a lot of the rivers that I'm on stay pretty steady. They'll have fish trickle in all the way through the season. So if you want to get out, 
Weekends are pretty much gone, uh, but there are a weekend. I think I have a weekend or two open in November, so be sure to get at me. And uh, would love to take you guys out and show you how to how to catch fish on spinners and twitching jigs and the occasional bobber. Maybe get on mm, the occasional bobber. How do they get in contact with you? You're gonna give me a call or message me on Facebook Messenger at uh, Jordan Kinnigy, or you can even email Addicted Fishing. Uh, that would be on the website or on any of the the social media pages. But my phone number is five zero three. 849-5764 and you can call text or leave me a message anything you need to and we'll get you set up on a date um, a lot of times we'll either be using the drift boat or the raft most likely the raft is kind of like how I used, how I like to do things or uh, just recently have started running trips with my jet boat as well so later in the season when there's more water and we can skirt around on some of these rivers and chase some of these later bright fish um, we can do that as well so Pretty much accommodate anything you guys want to do. Sweet dude, those, those raft trips are fire though. Yeah, that's so much fun. fun. It is. It's fun. Flow. I like the rafting because it, it, especially if you're a bank angler, like it's not like you're just sitting in the raft all day. You're getting, you're just using the raft as transportation to get down the river. And, and you're learning so much. Yep. You're learning so many things that you can go reproduce at yeah. a spot that you go to. It's just a whole different scenario. Yeah. So Jordan's going to be on the raft a bunch this this coast season. Cam, what are you going to be doing? Are you doing any raft trips? I'm, I'm not even a Twitch coho at all. You're a liar. Whoa. No. I'm, that's my secret plan is I like get everybody thinking about twitching, and then I'm just going to run wigglers all season long <laughs> and just catch fish while everyone's twitching and all the cohos see a thousand billion That's not true because I already, like tomorrow when I'm going with Jordan, I have right there, I have a twitching rod, a rod with a spinner, and one with a wiggler. <laughs> You're ready to get it. I'm going to be freaking casting all three of them. Nope. When you get back it's from a... Alaska and I get the sled outfitted with the jets, and after that it is twitching. watch out, you poor little cohos. I'm going to die. wreck your world. I are you booked out? Are you freaking booked out? Through I the am. Season? We are booked out all the way through about the fourth of November. I don't even have a Ooh. single seat. But I'll tell you what, and that's what I've told a lot of people. Like I can either set you up or give me a call. And it starts raining. The reason why I say that is because we do only have a four per person fish limit this year. <laughs> only. <laughs> I say only because you guys. I'll start. I should start posting some of those pictures we have when we had a six fish limit. I have like thirty six dead so on the bottom of the boat, and dude, I post those up. And people just want to murder. Right. They're like, what the hell? Limits, bro? It's like, you right. understand. <laughs> this was 2014 and catching six per person was easy. I spent more time pulling. totally repost. I should. I should. Like, great. It's yeah, like the time you're yeah. on the way back. Like, <laughs> the cop looks in the back of the truck and there's 12 coho in the back of the truck. And he's like. <laughs> way back from where? What did you say? Yeah, he's like, where are you back? Oh, we did. I I guarantee you it was bleeped already, but go on. What? <laughs> I guarantee you it was bleeped already, so just continue the story with oh the cop and the flashlight back in the car. Oh my god, you ruined this whole story. Cop, flashlight back in the car, like, where are you guys coming from? Yeah, he freaking, and he's like, dude, and yeah, I'm not going to tell you this story. Yeah, he's like, are those pinks? You guys get pinks? No, he goes, humpies? I'm like, no, no, bro, I'm not humpies. <laughs> Oh, uh, good stuff. But yeah, that was a crazy year. Lots of fish, but I'll start Ooh. posting those pictures up. I really want to piss people off. You really off. should, yeah. Be like, oh, great yeah. day today. <laughs> oh, I should do it the first. Anyways, but yeah, no, there's there's going to be some opportunity. And like I said, only a four fish limit. You know, like, I, they're hatchery fish and they need to be killed and blah, blah, blah. So, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to be gunning for them, but I, I, I let a hatchery fish go today. Whoa. What? I didn't want the meat. I don't even want to waste that stuff. 
You're so whatever. Let's oh let Charles go try to catch it. Right. <laughs> now you know what's gonna happen. What that hatchery fish is gonna spawn in the it wild. Was full of yeah. eggs. It's too. gonna spawn in the wild. It was a chunklet. It was gonna spawn in the wild. It was already big and red. Actually, kill the whole wild run. <laughs> Completely death. That doesn't yeah. happen. Detriment. You know what kills the wild run? Not planting hatcheries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, not totally. planting in basin genetics. Well, yeah. We're not going down. Total road. side note. Total side note. Just because it's not steelhead season either, everybody out there, we can't forget to to keep pushing and supporting this cause of hatchery wild coexist. Oh yeah, Because totally. I feel like that happens a lot during salmon season when it's not springer season. Okay. They, you know, we have wild fall when, chinook, we have wild cohone areas, and people just throw, oh, it's not steelhead season? Oh, who cares about wild fish? You know, we can't well, get right, on there's that fish around. Exactly. There's fish around. So people are getting Oh, when yeah, the seasons exactly. are getting closed and the fishing sucks and they're yeah. getting shut down here and there and everywhere, then, then people give a damn. Yeah. yeah. No, no we can't lose true. that traction, everybody. No, that is very true. Hatchery sure Wilds coexist. Coming soon, like. Yeah, there will be. And to, be on, and to be fair, one of the guys, one of the directors has been out of the country for a month. I've been down just grinding. So is the other one of the other directors. And just, it's been time. But don't think that, uh, don't think that we're taking that off the ball. So there's, there's a lot going on there still. But yeah, I'm going to be running the sled. I'm going to be trying to do my part to kill as many hatchery fish as I can. And I just tell people, like, you know, when it starts raining, give us a call. Because when these coho show up, as you know... It can go from scratch fishing to limiting out the boat by nine. Yeah, that first oh, regardless, I think, just all the timing. Time. That first week of October is going to be great. Whoa. So if you guys get a chance to go on a guided RV. fishing trip, you know, you don't hesitate to give me a call. Like Cameron said, it might be the kind of year that we get to do doubles and stuff so we can try to squeeze you in last minute uh, and at least get you out on the river for a few hours in the evening or something um, to go have your piece of, of the So all these here. guys that are going kind of out like where are they going to be looking what where should they be looking what kind of water should they be searching for you know, this, you know it's super simple and this year look at your stocking reports there's been reports of some of these forecasts of these big numbers in the paper but all up and down washington is going to be pretty i think there's some runs like like north puget sound that aren't looking too good for coho the oregon coast even though there's not a lot of hatchery fish i think they're supposed to get like the, the coast like all in it's just like nine hundred thousand so like they're looking at a real strong run so you might not be able to keep a lot of those fish because they don't do a lot of clipping um but all up and down the oregon coast still is gonna be fun. Fun. they're still oh, yeah i mean at the end of the day yeah oh that'd be fun. so there'll be a lot of opportunity a lot of opportunity there and a lot less well, crowds have a chinook a season this year at least too so. yeah but i was gonna say a lot less crowds targeting them especially when the chinook season closes totally random thought but i cannot wait to do a chum challenge with these twitching jigs let's do it on oh i cannot I'm wait spank you boys like yeah. last time yeah with your spro jigs snagging no, you, know you, know, you know what's funny about those though <laughs> But you saw the jig that I used in that episode. It's, it was literally the one yeah, of the beginning. You tied it. You tied it yourself with yep. the materials. Yep. Yep. Oh, it was one of the must It ones. was. Yeah, the yeah. One. So I know. Yeah, it sucks. Like, oh, it really? Freak, guess what? It was the. It he was, just said it was yeah. a freaking like. No, it was not whatever. a spro. And guess what? It was the it was literally, it it was literally the parents to the ones that uh, are the one where they actually did catch them in the mouth. Shut up. That's where they beat us. Shut up. That's so when they land them all. Anyway, kind of <laughs> if Jordan can handle lose, no, like I said, look at your stock. You look at your stocking reports. Maybe try to focus on some of the bigger rivers, just on the account that um, you know a little more water will bring those fish in out of tidewater a little sooner, a little easier. You know, 
like don't go to like maybe the tiniest of tiniest creeks right now to try to find Aaron Co. Chinook will kind of plow in, but Coho kind of kind of wait and then uh, fish after your rains. Fish, fish. What if you think those rivers are going to blow out? I'd say get on them. Go learn your spots when they're low, and then yeah. be there when they're high. And the best thing I can always say is, you go and you fish these spots, especially if you live next to a smaller river. You go and you you see the few fish that are there, but when you can't see them, that's when fishing's good. Right. You yeah, learn those spots. You learn those holding patterns, yeah. and then when the water covers them up. That's when those fish pile in, and you're on top of it. Yeah. So, and you're ahead of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, sweet guys, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. We appreciate it. As always, if you guys can please drop us a review, drop us a comment if you're on YouTube. Be sure to give this video a thumbs up, and don't forget, let us know if you want us to keep uploading these to YouTube because we're gonna let you guys decide from the comments below. Yeah. You guys, got anything else? Nothing. Love you, addicts. We'll see you out there on the river. Don't forget, do not forget, September 19th, October 3rd, October 17th, Addicted Bashes, they're coming. Come hang out. Later days. Later, dude.